Warning! This episode contains foul language and multiple theories that will blow your mind. In each episode, we sit down with one of our friends, co-workers, and one day, maybe even an expert, and talk about our favorite weird thing. Today's episode is about a glitch in the Matrix. Are we all a part of a massive computer system? Are there clues in our everyday life? Do we really want to know? Say hello to my lovely co-host, Lauren. Hey, weirdos. And our proud weirdo friend, Maria Lakioma. Hi, weirdos. We got another lady. There lady was, here's the in thing. The house. I know we always get really excited about like having a lady on, but we've been pretty consistent, consistent with, with ladies. But it's just so weird. Every time we get a girl on, we're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> female we guest like, in the house. We flip our hair. We get all excited. We all but... sync up our periods. Yeah, yeah. our periods are synced. Done. Pretty close. Pretty, yeah, pretty close. close. Pretty close. <laughs> no, it's just a good feeling to have another lady weirdo mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah, because. You know? Especially when we talk about it, all of our guy friends are like, yeah! And, like, yeah. it's very rare that girls are like, absolutely, I like weird stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's I know. true. It's nice to find Especially that Especially when it's stuff like murder. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the grosser the better. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. We're going to get along Sounds real great. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get to uh, feedback from last week, it's time for our new segment, This Week in Weird. Weird. So I have <laughs> some pretty cool stories. One really quick, lo- quick one. This is not new, but I just found out about it. Um, Lauren, you're gonna love this one. Yes. Um, so everyone knows the famous Disneyland ride, the Haunted Mansion. Of course. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's my personal favorite because obviously. Uh, but did you know that one of the original Spooky Specters was going to be the one and only Rasputin? No. Yeah. What? When? Yeah. Um, is this a thing? Well, the ride opened in 1969 um, in Anaheim, mm-hmm. and it was a technological marvel at the time featuring state-of-the-art animatronics, old-school theatrical illusions, and it just wowed the crowds at Disneyland. But the development of the iconic ride began almost two full decades later. So, like, in the early 50s is when Walt Disney uh, began, like, mulling over the concepts for the Haunted Mansion. Okay. And he was enlisting all of his favorite artists to help bring the project to reality. Uh, but initially, the attraction was supposed to have featured ghosts from, like, of famous historical figures, like mm-hmm. Jack the Ripper, uh, Guy Fox, Ivan the Terrible. Um, and then somewhere during the development, uh, there was an Imagineer who I'm sure your husband knows of, Martin <laughs> Davis. I don't know that name, but I'm sure Alex Ogle is sitting Alex in the house like, the yes! <laughs> um, but he decided that uh, Grigori Rasputin would make a great phantom uh, addition to the ride. So he drew up this super spooky portrait of Rasputin that started, it's like a regular picture. Um, 
of him, and then the next picture is him, and his eyes are starting to get, like, hypnotic, and the next picture, his eyes get bigger, and eventually it's just a big, like, him, but his head is gone, it's just, like, this big, all-seeing eye, and it's super creepy. Now, I'm raising my hand, they can't see this, because I have (laughs) a question, call on me? Yes. Okay, what, who's Rasputin? Rasputin? Uh, Ra Ra Rasputin. Rasputin uh, was the he was basically what what do you say like a warlock? I guess he but he he's the one that like was stabbed, shot. They tried to drown him. They tried to hang him. Like they couldn't kill him. He was a never die. Yeah, and he eventually died. Uh, supposedly, <laughs> right? But oh my God. but did he though? But did he him though? and Tupac are just <laughs> yeah. Rasputin and Tupac. Rasputin and Tupac. Like, They're just think we're dead. Yeah, you so gotta look up Rasputin. It's okay. I have to look bonkers. Up. Um, he just wouldn't die. But also, die. that sounds way too scary for a Disneyland ride. Like, I, I mean, the I understand why it's pretty. F- it is scary. It's creepy, but it's like a doable creepy right. for families where like kids go on it all the time, every day, and are rarely like, "Mom, no, get me off this thing." It's like just enough creep for them to handle. What do you think? And I don't know if you've heard about this. I'm sure you have because you're a Disney buff. But what do you think about the theory that the haunted mansion ride is a suicide? What? Oh. Have you not heard that? I've not heard that theory. But only because Mr. Toad are committing suicide as you're on the ride. So you're like becoming dead along with everyone else. Yeah, so in the beginning of the ride, the narrator says there's no way out except his way. And then you see his hanging corpse in the gallows, which is right. He's super like, or you could do it. No, they show him hanging from the ceiling. It's what? absurd. Every time I look up there, me and my friends are like, "Why is there a guy hanging from the ceiling on a kid's <laughs> ride? Like, why is this okay?" It's crazy. So then, as you travel through the mansion, the ghost host consistently attempts to make you become the thousandth spectral tenant, right? While the rest of the ghosts do everything they can to scare you away. Uh huh. The part where you ascend the stairs to the attic and just before you reach the wall you spin around and you descend backwards at a steep angle mm-hmm. they think did you just jump out the window and plummet to your death okay because because though then the next place you are is in the graveyard where suddenly all the ghosts are willing to meet you clear and close up they're all if you remember like all throughout the mansion oh. the ghosts you either can't see them or they're see-through but once you get the graveyard they're like they're like, like one of us hey yeah. and it's almost like and they're singing the actual song so it's almost like right. you die become now. a part of them and when you come around the corner remember there's that part where the the like caretaker and his dog are like shaking they're trembling right. because they're scared of you cuz now okay. you're a ghost that's fair. But then there's also the very end of the ride where a ghost appears in your car and it's like, look, a ghost jumped in your car. And you're like, okay, so we're clearly humans with well, the Well, they used to. I don't know if they do anymore. They used to give out death certificates when you got off the ride. What? They yeah. don't give them out, but they have a little woman that stands there and says, don't forget your, your death, death certificate. <laughs> <laughs> well, they used to. Yeah. Well, I don't know when they stopped. It was probably a long time ago because that seems like an expensive thing to yeah. do. But everyone that rode the ride, you could you could go get a death certificate printed with your name and the date and time that Why? you rode. <laughs> Why would I go to like, commemorate that time that you killed yourself? That you know that you jumped mansion. out a window well, at my Disneyland. Be- my best friend, she lives in uh in in North Carolina, and she was telling me one day we're both very big spooky people. You know, you know, I was like, don't do that. That's too real. Um, <laughs> but uh, she went to this like fair 
whatever, spring festival fair, where um, they were taking pictures of kids and making them look like ghosts. So it would be like a portrait of them looking like ghosts. And oh, she was like, like a little mm-hmm. transparent? Yeah, she's like, no, I don't do that shit. It's like, I don't want a picture of my ghost son, and then one day he becomes my ghost son. Oh, yeah, that's like, true. You know what I, mean? I, yeah, yeah. Like, I would get a picture of ghost me, because that's kind of cool. Yeah. But, but maybe not, like, my loved ones. Sure. Because yeah. then that, yeah, that, just the way you that's described that, that sounds a little dark now. Oh, yeah, dark. now I'm like, oh my gosh, because what if it actually happens? I and I just have this picture hanging and I predicted it. Right. Okay. Um, so basically, they did, They ended up not having a rescue, sure, obviously. Sure, sure. But it was because, it wasn't because it was too scary. It was because Walt Disney was afraid of getting sued. Because oh. uh, Rasputin actually still had, like, living relatives. Okay. Uh, oh, time, he totally would have gotten I sued. I know. So that's the only reason they didn't do it. But All I right, just, Walt. I know. Yeah, he made a good decision. Um, the other story I have, so this is crazy. Um, I didn't know about this place, and I'm usually pretty, pretty uh, knowledgeable about the most haunted places in whatever city, but... Um, the historic Anderson Hotel in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, is officially shut down for good. Uh, the hotel has been abandoned for over 30 years and is the site of some of the most violent and visually stunning paranormal activity documented in the last several decades. Mm. The site was officially only open for like ghost hunts uh, and like ghost tours for a while, but is now is, uh, it's officially sealed off to literally everyone. Um, research of the building uncovered a sordid history of drugs, prostitution, and death. Lots and lots of a natural death, uh, including at least three suicides, the most notable being a young girl who was most likely a prostitute who slit her wrists in her bed, uh, her room being one of the more haunted rooms in the building. So Jeff Baldridge, who, um, I believe he operates the, he owns and operates, but he might just work there, um, but the Lawrenceburg Ghost Walk. Uh, he was contacted by the owners of the building and was asked to conduct, like, an extended paranormal investigation of the hotel. Okay. And it started as just phantom footsteps, shadowy figures darting in and out rooms, but uh, in and out of rooms, but then the activity went into overdrive when the team found a blood-soaked mattress wedged under a stairwell. Oh. And they actually did tests on the mattress. It is blood, but they didn't do a DNA test because they're super expensive. And so they don't know who it is or what well, it is. it could have been the girl that killed herself, slit her wrist in her bed. But it was actual blood. The team ended up placing the mattress into the room where the young prostitute committed suicide, and all hell broke loose. Visitors began having their hair pulled. Strange creatures were spotted dragging themselves along the floor, and eventually the bites started happening. What? The bites? bites. Breaking of the skin. Yes. Nope. So, uh, investigator, the three big ones. Investigator Donnie Irvin was the first. During an investigation, he started feeling a burning sensation on his foot. After the pain began to intensify, he stopped and took off his shoe to discover a fresh set of teeth marks. And there's pictures, I'll post them on our uh, Keep It Weird Facebook page, mm. of it's human teeth. It's Ugh. like a round. So it's the shape human of a human teeth. mouth wow. biting in. Um, during another investigation Gross. on a reality TV show called Paranormal Lockdown, a cameraman was scratched and bitten twice on the back on camera. Like you see him standing there, and all of a sudden he's just like, ow! Fuck! He's like, what is that? He's he thought he got stung. Yeah, and he yeah, lifted yeah. up his shirt, and there was like scratches and two bite marks on his back. Holy you see buckets! It happen. Um, 
And then the night before the hotel was officially sealed up, a team investigated uh, one last time only to have their team member, team member uh, Greg Newkirk. He was bitten once on his arm, once on his foot, and numerous times on his side. Sorry about it, Greg. Wow. Jeez. The most interesting thing found in the hotel before they closed it off was a homemade wooden tablet covered in strange writings. The wooden plank appeared to have a connection with the violent haunting, subtly changing the activity depending on which room it was placed in. They called this plank the Summoning Tablet, and it currently tours the U.S. with the Traveling Museum of Paranormal and the Occult, along with that dark mirror that we talked about mm-hmm. in episode what? six. Um, uh, it's we'll no ta- dark we'll mirror. We'll tell you about this. We'll tell you about this. An interesting observation about the artifact, though, it actually seems that they were wrong when they named it. It seems to shut down paranormal activity in its vicinity, so it looks like one of the hotel's former residents was trying to drive away. Oh, whatever was haunting that makes it. Sense. Right. Because Get the hell yeah, out. like so that's interesting. And it's cool. I'll show you a picture of it. It's like a wooden plank and someone had like put some sort of like tape or something and okay. then like painted over the tape. It's really interesting looking. They don't know what language it's in. I was gonna ask you. Yeah, it's super weird. Um but I'll post uh I'll post pictures of uh all the bites and the plank and everything and, and then uh, also the Rasputin painting. Yes, because you must. I've had things like that happen the biting. Uh, not the biting, the scratching. The scratching. The sensation is like, it's super itchy and it stings. And then you're like, what is that? What is that? And then I've had like markings where it's like three, three like nails just uh, across. And, and then it happened, it's, it's happened a couple times more, more notably in a place I was shooting um, a movie in like Martha's Vineyard and it was a house that we were staying in. And Did I you felt, wake up with it? Um, it was happening while I was rehearsing something. And oh, I was, wow. And I was like, guys, what is this? And I looked, and it was, like, there. And it happened to me more than once. Like, one, once when I was sleeping. And my, my husband was like, oh, you're just scratching yourself. And people were like, you have a cat? I go, I'm allergic to cats. And I'm not scratching myself. And I'm like, <laughs> I not. I think I would remember scratching yeah, myself. Yeah. wide awake. But it's a very interesting feeling. So for me, it's always, like, itchy. I never had the bite thing, though. Yeah. That is fascinating. I've heard that before, too, that it's like a burning, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you look, and there's marks on your body that you did not make yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course, then there's me. If I, my chest is so sensitive, my, like, chest and my neck. Oh, same. If I touch myself for, like, two seconds, people are like, are you okay? Yeah. What's wrong? And I'm like, it's just my body. I'm fine. Like, Like, even my hair. Like, if I move my hair off of my neck, there'll just be red marks where my hair was. And I'm like, oh, cool. So my hair is made of daggers. It's fine. Um, so that's all I have this week for this weekend. Weird. 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 Um, and then before we get started on our actual topic, I have one thing. Where is it? Um, so from, last from last week's week. episode. It's not listener feedback. It's something that I found and I wanted to bring up because it's crazy. So Do it. Uh, last week we talked about Bigfoot and the possibility of them being, you know, real creatures or even like a tribe of people living in the deepest wooded areas all over the world. And the best evidence we had was simply like the number of actual tribes, Native American tribes uh, specifically, that have not only reported these wild men, but have also had like guidebooks and maps on how to avoid them when traveling in the woods to like mm. hunt and gather, which is crazy. Pretty nice. Um, but we also talked a bit about how there isn't really any great photographic evidence of the creatures and like all of the uh video evidence is kind of i mean some of it's crazy i posted something on our facebook page mm-hmm. that's like 10 of the best and they're right. crazy but it's still kind of like well it could be a costume like totally. i don't know mm-hmm. um and then i found this audio evidence uh it's called the sierra sounds 
they were recorded by journalist Al Berry and, uh, and an avid outdoorsman, Ron Moorhead, in the Sierra Nevada mountains of Eastern California in the early 70s. They're the strangest and most compelling recordings of in uh, Bigfoot investigation history. According to the two men, this chatter was captured by hanging a microphone from a tree branch outside their tent and waiting patiently and quietly. Eventually, the creatures even start interacting with the men when the men start to mimic their sounds. So I have this chatter. That's in California. start to try and mimic them and then they go crazy. Oh my god. about five minutes long and then there's a part two and a part three and it's all those same sounds like something howling from that night it's like oh it's like weird howling but then there's also this like weird like like weird it's like like speech which makes it think it's part human yeah Yeah. well actually then they had people analyze it and the people that analyzed it the experts that analyzed it said it was absolutely recorded it wasn't all, the sound wasn't altered afterwards. Now, that could mean that they had people hiding in the right. woods. totally. We don't know. Or there's, but, like, a Native American doing a vision quest. Yeah. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? But um, the sounds weren't added afterwards. It definitely was happening during the recording. Uh-huh. And they had, like, a, a linguist listen to it who oh. said it's absolutely a language of some kind. Okay. But they don't know what... We need Amy Adams to become her. Oh my see gosh, the arrival? Yes, yes. Arrival. Oh, oh, she, we do we need, need her. her right now. We need her. And but yeah, they, um, That's crazy. They went, every time the men would leave their tent and try and venture out to see them, mm-hmm. scattered. Like, they couldn't mm. ever find anything. They just, so then the next night when they went out, they were like, we're just going to listen. We're not going to try and, like, go find them because obviously they don't want to yeah. be found. Right. Whatever they are. Those sounds that we were hearing are the exact sound from the movie we just watched. Yes. Ashley and I watched a Willow Bigfoot Creek. movie called Willow Creek last it's week. It's directed by Bobcat Goldthwaite. I yeah. love him! Yeah. yeah, which is crazy. Super great. And it was very, it's a found footage, like, yeah, Blair, Blair Witch, Witch project looking. Oh. looking. Yeah. And the thing was, is, like, we weren't super into it at first, so we weren't paying attention. <laughs> and then, at the end, when we got really fucking into it, and we're like... <laughs> A lot of stuff happened that, like... That we didn't understand. We didn't understand, so I had to, like, Google it. I was like, oh, okay, well, all right. And then I had to Google it, and I was like, oh, shit, this is what happened. And we were like, that's the scariest thing I've ever heard, but we weren't paying attention. We so were so scary. out of it, and we missed the entire movie, pretty yeah. much. But anyway, go see it. <laughs> Willow Creek. Go see it. Willow whatever. Creek. It's on Shudder. And you'll hear... Shudder woo! should uh, 100% fund this podcast. Yeah, because we, we talk about it. Because we shout them out every... 
<laughs> every single Ooh. episode. Hey, Shutter, come find Hey, Shutter, hi. Um, and Rob Lowe. Okay, so <laughs> yes. that's the feedback from last week. Uh, we are going to get started on uh, Glitch in the Matrix. We're going to start out by telling a couple quick stories um, that we either found that were very interesting or that were sent into us. And then we're going to discuss uh, everything, I guess. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I'll do one. You do one. I would. I do one. Yeah. I do one. You do one. I do one. You one go one. first because you have two, so it'll go you, yes. me, you. I have two very. Then we will ones. finally let Maria <laughs> say no. things she has I'm prepared. I'm absorbing everything. <laughs> She's can't. taking it in. I'm so fascinated. Um, so this one I uh, found online. I thought that was interesting. Ask Reddit has a thread. Um, it's a, an actual or Reddit, not Ask Reddit. Yeah. Uh, Reddit has a thread. It's a glitch in the matrix thread where people all over share it's their stories. It is incredible. You should check it out. This one I really liked. Um, it's titled, I think I bumped into myself an hour ago. I um, already love it. So this happened a little while ago, like a few months ago, maybe. I don't know when this is posted. So who knows when this happened? Uh, and it still messes with my head. I was walking with a couple of friends down the street. Nothing weird or crazy. In the middle of my sentence, I abruptly stopped like I hit a wall. It also felt like my shirt was wet, but I'm going to assume that's some weird, unrelated thing at the time. At first, I thought I ran into a post, but there was nothing there. I thought nothing up of it and kept walking. Skip ahead an hour or two. I'm walking the opposite direction, drinking from my water bottle. I'm talking to a friend, a different friend this time, and I abruptly stop again. I feel like I ran into something and my water bottle spills all over the ground in front of me. I look around and sure enough, I'm in the exact same spot as an hour prior. I have no clue how this happened and it still messes with my head. Wow. Oh my gosh. So it's almost like two hour future her spilled her water on two hour ago her walking right. down the street. It's like she crashed into herself. Yeah. What? Have they got wow. studies on this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now that I understand what a glitch in the me, I have a personal one after you tell yours. So oh, good. I just, I just, oh, that yeah. makes me so I didn't, know, I didn't know what it was, but I have so many stories. I just don't yeah. identify It's them. just sort of, yeah, yeah it's, glitch, it's, like, it's kind it's of just like, an unexplainable, like, It's like you when you're in a video game, and, like, for some reason totally. your character gets, like, stuck for a second and then, like, continues going. Or, like, you open a room in a video game, and it's supposed to be, like, the living room, but you're in space. Yeah. <laughs> then you're like, what? It's like or you're like all of a sudden and you like close the door and yeah. then open it again and now it's the and living it's room. And it's the right room. It's, yeah, like, it's just like a glitch. Yeah, you're somewhere else or mm-hmm. you like skipped over a certain amount of time. Just anything that's like unexplained or crazy. And you've seen The Matrix before, right? <gasps> well, I know, I know, oh I know. A, I'm an alien. I'm it's okay. We'll have a watch party. We'll have a watch party. You know what? At the time, my so mind much fun. couldn't comprehend, and then I was like, too much, too much, too much. And yeah. then now that I've become a grown lady, like I feel like I can understand it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm gonna watch it. Yes, please. Okay, guys. Well, I know we have a lot for, to cover, so I want to get into this story and then let. Um, yeah, well, her. let's, uh, because there might be some listeners that don't know what The Matrix is, so I'll do oh. a very, very, very oh, yeah. quick. Cover Matrix. Um, so, The Matrix uh, movie uh, with Keanu Reeves, and uh, who else is in that movie? A lot of people just watch it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, so, basically, the concept of The Matrix is that our lives right now, what we consider to be the real world, is actually just a simulation. We are, you know, 
potentially, potentially we don't exist at all. We don't have bodies anywhere. In the Matrix, they do have bodies. They're plugged into basically a main computer source. They're basically batteries that are charging machines in the future. That's what our bodies are. But in the our brains, this world that we live in now, this is just kind of a simulation to keep us... I don't know why. Keep why our would minds they busy? Keep our minds busy? Because yeah. if not, so we, we think we're walking and living around yeah, instead so of just being like a charging system. we think we're walking around, but really, we don't even... We're just plugged into a machine. It's pretty crazy. My it's brain crazy. just leaked out. <laughs> <laughs> but once you open your mind and you realize that you are a simulation, that none of this is real, you basically have limitless power. That's why in the Matrix, they are like flying through the air. They're running in slow motion um, because they you have, have to realize. You have to realize happening. that you are, you are uh, not a computer. Yeah, that you're a computer basically. Like, so you're in a, you're you're basically a video game. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You have whatever powers you want to have because this is it's not in your real. head. You blew my mind, man. You blew my mind, man. So, anyway, so that's what the Matrix see. is. Just in case anyone hasn't uh, watched the Matrix, that's kind of what we're talking about today. But in the Matrix, the reason that, like, say, for example, you covered Deja Vu today, right? In the Matrix, when you are actually when you're aware of it and mm-hmm. you're in the Matrix, if a Deja Vu occurs. Mm-hmm. That means they changed something. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Which makes you think, what if that's our Which life? Which makes right you think, now? what is Whoa. deja vu test? Okay, yeah. so go on with your glitch in the meantime. Okay, so here's another little one. It's titled The Doppelganger, and this is from an online forum, very similar to Reddit, where everyone was just chatting about their experiences and different stories that they had that were a glitch in the matrix. So it was posted by a guy that said, I used to work at a dog rescue in the Midwest before I moved to the East Coast. It was a small rescue, about 10 employees max, and we were all very tight-knit. Nobody there resembled me. I'm exceptionally short and have different hair than anyone I worked with. So it wasn't easy to mistake someone else for me or vice versa. During my last couple of months, coworkers started sending me odd texts. They would text me on my days off asking why I was there and where I had just disappeared to. I would always reply that I was not there. And while I was at work, occasionally someone would jump at the side of me and say something like, What the hell? You were just outside. I saw you through the window. Or I just saw you in the storage room. How did you get here so fast? And they couldn't understand how I'd gotten from point A to point B impossibly fast. Every time I would be baffled and and explain that I wasn't where they thought I had been before. A good example that I remember well was this one, that I was in the backyard. The only door in from there goes through the main adoption room, then exits on the other end about 50 feet away into a hallway containing a kitchen and some private meeting rooms. I walked in from outside and I saw my coworker coming into the room from the hallway. She looked at me and gasped, then opened the door behind her to the hallway. She explained that she had just seen me in the kitchen doing dishes, but when she opened the door that lay about six feet from the kitchen door, there, there I was coming in from outside. It was actually impossible. This was when we started to understand that something very strange was going on. We all sat around and talked about it, and it turned out almost everyone was seeing a phantom version of me. Every time they saw it, it was turned around and didn't interact with them. It would go into some strange places, too. For example, someone watched me go into the closet, holding the water tank, and when they'd follow me, asking some questions about work matters, they'd open the closet door and I was gone, and I hadn't walked into the closet at all that day. My My best guess for this is that I was in the middle of making a major life decision about either staying in the Midwest at this job or taking a remote a promotion and going home to the East Coast. The decision was extremely stressful for me to make as I really love that job and I'm surmising that my energy literally just split somehow and that a version of me me was hanging around there 
while I endured so much angst over staying or leaving. If I want to get super weird about it, I could say that maybe in another reality I decided to stay there, and maybe those two timelines were just intersecting and glitching onto one another. Gosh, so it was like the, like his his spirit? I don't know. I think the weirdest like thing is that him. they would see, yeah, like it didn't, I think people would say like, oh, it looked like a weird fuzzy version of you. Right. If it was a spirit, you know, like they were saying, I just saw you doing the dishes or the fact that they saw him walk into the closet makes me think of like a video game or some sort of simulation. Yeah. Where, like the guy mistakenly was walking into the closet with the water tank like, and they're like, it, nope, let me fix the code on that guy. He's Tomb Raider, how you could uh, make uh, the butler go into the walk-in freezer and you could lock him in. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's exactly oh, like that. <laughs> Which is like super cruel, but. They're like, haha, he went into the closet. And it's just <laughs> sort of like, I don't know, it's such a weird happening. That story gave me goosebumps when I first read it and just like. To see yourself watching, walking out of That's the kitchen door. That's the scariest door. part. You're like, what? am I dead? Who is that? Yeah. Who is that? <laughs> am I dead? What's you happening? Know? Yeah. Oh. So super weird. Do you have a personal story? I do. Um, this actually happened to my sister, but she told me about it when we were kids, and then she always retells it throughout time. Um, so this kind of feels like a bit of a glitch. So we were home. Um, I think maybe I wasn't there, but she was home by herself. My grandmother was there. My mom was working. And the phone rang. So she picked up the phone. And back in those days, the landlines used to, like, cross all the time. Like, I used to pick up other people's conversation. So she picked up the phone, and she was hearing a conversation. Um, And she thought she just picked up somebody else's line. But it sounded like me and my older sister, Tina. Now, my family calls me Cherry. This is going to play into the story. So in the story, she's overhearing, and uh, Tina is mad at me. Because I've become famous, thank you, and, uh, and I made it. Like I'm an actor, so she's like, I became famous, and she was like, ever since you, you know, became famous, you don't call mom anymore, you don't care about us anymore, blah blah blah. All this stuff. And I'm just like arguing with her, and so no names have been said until one point, um, she's like, my sister starts yelling at me on the phone and says, Cherry, like the conversation, and nobody knows my name, and that's the part that was really freaky for Melissa, who was the sister that was listening on the phone. And so she, um, like, made a noise, and she was like, Cherry? And then they both, people, both people stopped, and they were like, who is that? What was that? And she hung up the phone and then ran across the street to my neighbors and, like, cried and told them the story. Strange. What? So you guys weren't having that conversation at no, the time? No, it was older versions of us. This is when we were yeah, kids. talking about you being famous. famous. And- I was, yeah, I think when this happened, maybe I was anywhere between the ages of, like, 10 that and That needs 13. to be, like, tattooed on your thigh. So if you're ever, like, on the phone and, like, your sister's, like, you never call us anymore, you can be like, let me look down at my thigh. And at one point in the thing, she said that I said, or Tina had said, like, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm going to kill. Like, it was, like, very violent and and upsetting. Yeah. And the cherry part was the part that really, like, That's insane. That it's the name that no one else would know. Right. Uh Because she's been consistent with this story. And, like, we, you know, um, we have tons of those kinds of stories. But anyway, yeah. And your well, neighbors probably saw her flipping out and can yeah. like, confirm that yeah. that happened. And I think I might change geez. my other story then. Because I had a very quick story about a, uh, that someone sent in. Okay, I'll tell you really quick. It was sent in by Jim. And basically, uh, it was uh, I went to college with Jim. And uh, they lived, I remember this old house that they lived in. Uh, there was like five of them living there. Um, but the, the second floor was added on. And torn down and then re-added on. So the stairs that they built were probably in a different place than the stairs from the house previous. So the original staircase. Yeah, it wasn't there anymore. But the new one they built was probably somewhere close to that, but in a different position. So basically every time they went to go upstairs, 
they would start stepping too soon. So, like, they would go to walk upstairs and take a step and stumble because the stairs didn't start for, like, another foot. And they literally think that it's because the old staircase was there. And it's like they are stepping onto the old staircase. They never saw the place when that old staircase was there. They didn't know where it was. But it's just very strange. And people, when they come over to the house to go upstairs, they immediately step first and then, like, stumble like, what? as if there should be a stair there, but there's not a stair there. So they were, for some reason, connecting with the old with staircase, the old even staircase though none of them had ever like seen it. 50 years, even though none of them... That's what they theorize. Whoa. They're like, we think that oh, yeah. it has to be why that the stairs used to start there. Um, but that's I wanted to do this one because it, it kind of matches yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, this one says, I may have connected to an alternate universe through a telephone answering machine. Um, I called my friend up and he wasn't home, so I left a message on his answering machine. I said, hey, it's me, Alex. Sorry, I missed you. Call you later. Bye. And I hung up and I left the house. I made no other calls. Later that day, he called back and said, wow, that was quite a message you left. Who was that girl you were talking to? And I was like, what are you talking about? I wasn't talking to any girl. Well, it turns out the message didn't end after I said bye. I had to go over to his house and listen to this message a few times. Um, after my initial message that I did leave, as quoted above, there's a slight pause and it continues on for another 30 or 40 seconds or so with me talking to some girl. It was my voice, but a conversation I never had with a girl whose voice I didn't recognize. You can compare it to the message that I left. I know I that he knows he left. And the two voices are indistinguishable. Not just a voice, but talking and mannerisms. Uh, it was his voice. Also, uh, references to his occupation and activities were the same. Basically, in the conversation, he was talking to this girl about going skiing, but he had to go down to a shop on, and work on a car first, which totally correlated to him. And then the message just stopped. Um, it was recorded on one of those digital answering machines uh, that recorded a message to a chip, so there's no tape that he could have had an handle and analyzed unfortunately um also neither i nor my friend had party lines so that's not an explanation it was very freaky i can't explain it he said it was literally like it was literally like in an alternate universe Mm -hmm. or maybe future him Mm -hmm. had a girlfriend and they were talking about going skiing Mm -hmm. but it was a girl he didn't recognize he did not have that conversation, and it right. recorded on the machine. He was like, it's my voice. It's 100% my voice. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to someone. I don't know who it is, and I don't know how it recorded on the machine. That's nuts. Yeah. See, I believe that things like that happen. Yeah. Yeah. For a purpose. Like, maybe, maybe there's some, it may not be maybe revealed. Maybe yeah. he should not go on that skiing trip. Right. Yeah, what if it's a warning of some sort? Right. Same with my, my sister's uh, phone call that she overheard. I always stuck with me because I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll be successful. Or, yes, I will be successful in my career, but um, maybe something will start to happen in my relationship with my family that I need to be more conscious of. You know, I, I feel like you the, totally will. Like, that story will stick with you and you'll never get I'll a never, big head. Uh, you'll yeah, never let the ego go. And the you thing know? is, if you make sure that you never get a big head and that never happens good right yeah. right like, what whether it, it was yeah whether it was lesson. yeah whether it was because of that message or not good like yeah. don't have to worry about it now exactly right. man interesting 
So those are some personal, not personal for us. Well, one personal one for us, personal. but those yeah. are some examples of a real life glitch in the matrix that someone has experienced. So mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about, we're going to start with um, deja vu. So like I said before, mm-hmm. in the matrix, in the movie, the matrix, but also, you know, people have this the matrix whole of life, the matrix of life <laughs> people in the matrix movie believe that when a deja vu occurs that means something in the matrix has been changed something Mm. has been shifted so for example in the movie they're in this big house and they're trying to find a way out of this house they see a deja vu now every single like door is bricked over every single window is not a window there's no way out of this house because someone changed that algorithm in the matrix and now they're trapped but, but they're anyways, thinking they'd seen a door before. Yeah, yeah there okay. were doors before. There were windows before. Now everything's boarded up. Something changed in the Matrix to trap them in that house. So that's an interesting theory because I, when I was researching all of Deja Vu, I got real science, you know? <laughs> I got real I was science. Like, it's time Bring be, it. It's time to be science, ladies. Bring so, the science. There was so much science that was happening. I t- texted Ashley last night and I was like, girl, I am in science right now. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think that it's all about perspective and core beliefs, how you perceive deja vu. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, as a believer, right? I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, angels, demons, heaven, and hell. I believe that deja vu, it depends on, on what form, because there are different forms, which I'll go into, yeah. is a uh, confirmation that, that something, that you're on the right path. Um, it may be a foretelling of something that's about to happen. All, all sorts of things. So there's these three types of deja vus that I found. So there's deja vu which mm-hmm. is the meaning, uh, means uh, already seen. Mm-hmm. And it's the phenomenon of having a sensation that an event or experience uh, currently being experienced has already happened. So it's familiarity. Right. Okay. Then there's deja vu, which is the feeling of having already lived through something. So uh, a very strong recollection, um, almost like uh, mental time travel, something mm-hmm. like that. And then there's deja rev. Now, deja rev was really interesting to me because it means uh, dreamed before, where you're reliving an event uh, that you remember in a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think is really popular. But, and that has happened to Ashley on several occasions. Yes. Yes. I feel like yeah. you've talked a lot about that because that, because I've actually brought my dream journal with me. I have predicted a lot of different things through my dreams. It's just something that I've always had since I was a kid. Yeah. So, so dreaming things, the deja rev really, because then I started researching, like, what is, there's precognition, mm-hmm. which is the, the, the foreknowing of something in a dreamy state and how those two differ and in, in, in if it's the same. So it's just okay. like a really interesting kind of like thing. So for me, I think it's it's more on the like uh, premonition type side where it's like foretelling something or like, okay, I know I have one specific deja vu that I can remember. I would call this deja vu because I, I when it happened, I was like, I dreamt this. I was like on set of a movie uh, called El Cantante. It was like the first that I ever worked on in New York City. And I'm out, I'm an extra, and I'm, like, dancing, it's like a dancing scene, and I look up on the stage, and I'm like, oh my god, I dreamt this very scene. I don't remember how long before that, but I knew, and then it was like, at that moment, I was like, I'm on the right path. Like, I'm supposed to be where I am right now. Like, right. This is all part of the plan. Yeah. So things like that will, will happen. Let me just give you some interesting facts about Deja Vu. Please. Okay. The science. Right? The science. The science. Let's get back so, to science. <laughs> age plays a big part in deja vu. It occurs frequently between the ages of 15 and 25. 
And the reason why they think that is because um, it has, they believe that somehow it's connected to brain development. Mm-hmm. So your brain doesn't fully develop. Uh, I didn't know this until like 25, maybe a little bit later. Really? Yeah, which is super interesting. Wow, that's like, weird because I thought it was like, Nine. When you were, right. I, thought like when you were, I thought it was like when that little soft spot on the top of your skull was like no. undeveloped. I like no, it it's not. much earlier. No, Jeez. so so anyway, so since the brain isn't fully developed until at least twenty five or maybe later, they think that obviously all of this is is kind of tied together. Now, this is where the neuroscience plays in. So I'm going to give you a quick science lesson, and I'm going to make it make sense because I know nothing right. about neuroscience. No, I love this. Please. So deja vu occurs in the medial temporal lobe where the rhinal cortex sits. Okay, the rhinal cortex, guys, (laughs) is the place that helps you recognize that something is familiar. Okay. Okay. So neuroscientists have been doing uh, studies on certain epilepsy patients. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it linked to epilepsy? Or it's not necessarily like if you have deja vu, you have epilepsy, but people that have epilepsy... It could happen more happen. Right. Yeah. So usually those who have epilepsies that are triggered in that um, temporal, lobe. temporal lobe area, mm-hmm. um, they have deja vu during their aura, which is the part right before the epilepsy. So like oh. um, so there are different symptoms of the aura. You can smell something horrible, like usually like sulfur, yeah. uh, see bright I've lights. Heard, yeah. uh, another symptom smell is deja burning vu. burning feathers, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. So another is deja vu. Mm-hmm. And so in some studies, they've noticed that like people have either experienced deja vu or deja vu, which mm-hmm. is the full recollection. Yeah. So they think that deja vu and deja vu are kind of like on this continuum mm-hmm. and that deja vu is just like a lower level like recognition. Yeah. And deja vu is literally like smells and sights like yes. the whole experience yes. is like, like I I've this. done this before 100% yeah. and deja vu is kind of like familiar exactly. I mean, deja vu yeah, yeah yeah right exactly so then I went back to the deja rev and which means Dave dreamed before and there was a study done in 2010 um that said at the Central Institute of Mental Health in Germany mm-hmm. um it found that people who remember their dreams seem to have more deja vu experiences called deja rev right uh, reliving events that occurred in dreams. Uh, so then that's what led me to the precognition, which, you know, we can or cannot talk about if you want, but, um, yeah. which that makes sense because I, I have like nine dreams a night and I remember everything. She mm-hmm. always remember them. Joe blown away. never remembers anything. Right. Joe, will, he'll be like, I had a dream last night. I think it was weird. And I'm like, right. well, what happened? He's like, I don't know. No, I'm like, how's that possible? <laughs> I will wake up and I'll remember it immediately when I wake up. But then if five minutes pass, I'm like, ah, oh, I lost it. You should get a journal. You should I know. get a dream journal. Well, what's funny is I did write a dream down once in my phone. I like immediately woke up out of the dream and I was like, oh, that was so weird. I'm going to remember it. I'm going to type and it, it was up. Like and then the next day it was nonsense. Pack. Yeah. I, went, <laughs> yeah. I pulled up my notes on my phone and was like, I can't wait to read about this dream. I know it was bonkers. And it was like. Me and cousin walked supermarket flower, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, this was nonsense." So maybe, maybe just a little practice on writing <laughs> journal. I'll work on it. Guys. I'll work on it. Pictures. Um. But yeah, my mind doesn't work that way. There's much. also, while we're still on the deja vu subject, there's also a really interesting, um, like alternate timeline theory. Mm-hmm. You know, the multiverse that, like, uh, basically. So the multiverse is, uh, you know, there's a very large, perhaps even infinite number of universes and everything that could possibly have happened in our past but did not has occurred in the past of some other universe. So, you know, Schrodinger's cat. 
mm-hmm. that idea that like you put a cat in the box, you seal the box, you leave the cat in the box. Mm-hmm. Before you open that box, that cat is both alive and dead, depending on what timeline you're on. So you could open the box and the cat's alive. There's also a timeline where that cat didn't live. Okay. And that timeline keeps going, but this timeline also keeps going. Okay. So basically every decision that you make every day branches off into two different timelines. So mm-hmm. say, for example, you are you are going to, you're talking to your friends and you're about to go to the bar. And you decide you were going to drive, but you're like, actually, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk to the bar. In one timeline, you drove to the bar, and you died. You crashed your car on the way to the bar, and you died. The person that is walking, so this is kind of like a, this is sort of a soul Mm -hmm. theory with the alternate timeline. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, the, the version of you that kept walking, basically what it's saying is that version of you that died, that soul comes into your body on this timeline. Okay. So you didn't actually die. Maybe you did, but now you're here. Yeah, your and that's when really... deja vu occurs. Okay. Because you... Oh, oh that's something interesting. Something happened where basically your soul... And this, the interesting thing about this is, you know, you, people talk about when they die, their life flashes before their eyes, there's a right. bright light. It's almost like a... It's like a reboot. Ding! And now your soul is back... Into your, you know, timeline so A. So your body is having a moment your of like, Your body whoa, is having whoa, whoa. a moment of like, you know, that yeah. timeline. Timeline B basically has to reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And timeline A has to go boom. Yeah. Whoa. Blinking into your I body. I just, yeah. what happened? Like, did I just that experience this? this? But is there's weird. also an interesting theory. Same thing, alternate timeline. Where say you make a decision like, I'm going to break up with this guy. So timeline A... You broke up with him. Timeline B, you didn't. And then four months later, timeline A, you're sitting at a Starbucks ordering a, you know, venti chai latte. Mm -hmm. Timeline B, same Starbucks. It just happened to be timeline B lines up with timeline A. And then all of a sudden you get this, like, weird feeling of deja vu because your experiences are lining up on both timelines. I like that theory. That theory is really interesting because I had... um, so I had a friend, okay, I have a friend uh, who's seeing a therapist, and the therapist and the friend both are believers, right? Mm-hmm. When I say believers, I just mean anybody who believes in God and Jesus and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So um, they're both believers, and she was explaining, the therapist was explaining to my friend that w- with God, when it comes to God, there's no timeline. So there, everything is existing at the same time. Your death, yeah. your birth, your successes, your everything, it's all happening. That's yeah. what science says, too. Right, which we is interesting. We should work together. <laughs> so, I just say on, a, on like a side note, like if I could just step to the side, side, side note. Like, side note um, I believe that science is this beautiful way for our minds to comprehend some of the things that like yeah. are of God. And well, that was one we of the questions I was going to ask you guys yeah. because you guys are firm believers. Yeah, I'm sort of a wafty are. one, but you guys are very firm <laughs> believers. One. And I, because to me, the alternate timeline theory, the multiverse theory, that does not disprove religion or god right we had this conversation yesterday and it's like for me i can believe in god and i can also believe there's possibly an alternate reality and i think that can all be encompassed by god it's the same way like i don't believe evolution disproves god either no yeah not at all i think it almost like glorifies it he created it in six days and then he took a nap it's like but how are those days like to us 
that's you know that's the god's time is different from our time which almost proves alternate yeah time is not we made time a straight line because it's convenient for us right we made time a straight line because it makes sense to us and because we got to be at work at 8 a.m right that's the only reason we made time keeps some order time is not time is just it doesn't exist really like it's it's not a thing yeah, and sometimes we're not meant to know all things. I believe that too. Like, I think some some things are just kind of like too much for us to understand, or sure. we're not, or we're or almost it's like, why do you want to know that you're not responsible for it? Don't worry yourself yeah. with that. With that, you don't have to stress over that. Exactly. But to just to finish that point with the therapist, um, so this was in relation to bringing things to pass. So it says like, if for example, like um, like if I believe that um, you know, I'm going to be a successful actress uh, one day. And that is in my destiny because I know it. It's been, you know, whatever. I, I know. And it's happening already on God's timeline. If I meditate on that, if I focus on that, it almost like helps bring it to pass a little quicker almost mm-hmm. like because it's already happening. Yeah. So it's yeah. almost like you, your mind and your thinking of it is sort of reaching up and pulling it a little bit closer mm-hmm. by you thinking more on, upon that. Mm-hmm. But maybe in the same sense that self-fulfilling process prophecy idea theory is that like if there is another timeline where something bad is happening and you think on that and then it does yeah like i wonder how all of that sort holding of holding on to that tighter mm-hmm. or right yeah well there's yeah, another really and, and i know we're going to get to the mandela effect because the alternate timeline theory really really makes sense with the mandela oh, totally. effect yeah, as well more about that but i have i found this i did not know this this is insane this is just about, uh, we were talking about precognition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this out. This is, I wrote in bold, all caps, super interesting computer hive mind theory with like nine exclamation points. <laughs> okay. Can't wait. So about 35 years ago, a project started out of Princeton called the Global Consciousness Project. It's been officially in effect for about 20 years. Um, so again... Same as you. This is complete scientific mumbo jumbo, um, and I'm a normal person, so I will try and make sense out of um, this. But, ra- okay, random number generators based on quantum tunneling produce completely unpredictable sequences of zeros and ones. When a great event synchronizes feelings of millions of people, their network of these random number generators become structured. Basically, they're trying to examine the correlations that may reflect the presence and activity of consciousness in the world. They hypothesize that there will be structure in what should be random data associated with major global events that engage our minds and more specifically our emotions. So what major event has taken place and affected people all over the world in the past 20 years? 9-11. I read that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. So this, the Global Consciousness Project, they use these electromagnetically shielded computers located all throughout the world, and they generate random numbers. That's all they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're generating ones and zeros, generating ones and zeros. They're completely random. Now, what they found on 9-11 shows a foreknowledge of nearly 16 hours before the first plane struck all over the world. Yeah. So there were many, many reports, and this is just, like, separate. There were many reports of people knowing that the attacks were going to happen before they happened. 
Um, one, you know, ranging from kids in the UK asking their parents what happened to the buildings before anything had even happened to the oh, buildings. Oh, shit. Um, as well as people reporting they chose not to go into work at the World Trade Center that day because they felt mm-hmm. weird about it. Yeah. But this is crazy. I found this graph that showed the plane occupancy of all the planes involved in the 9-11 attacks, and they averaged at 34% capacity. Yeah. So the plane that hit the first tower was at 51% capacity. The plane that hit the second was at 33%. The Pentagon plane was at 33%. And U.S. Flight 93 was only 20% capacity. Yeah, I went to Pennsylvania and saw where that flight landed and, like, went to the memorial. And it showed a picture of where everyone was sitting on the plane compared to where the terrorists were sitting. And my first question to my husband, I was like, why is no one in any of the seats? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of people purposefully missed miss their flight today, or that day, um, but it, it was also very strange how few people purchased those specific flights in advance. People, like, just didn't purchase the, and it wasn't like, I mean, I think it, it was technically a red eye, right? Yeah. So, like, those aren't always, like, like super 100%, early, but, but yeah. all of the planes, like, right. were less than half full. Yeah. It's almost as if people mm-hmm. knew beforehand that they didn't want to be on those specific planes. They didn't know why, but they knew. A lot of people chalk this up to psychic activity, but the GCP took a scientific approach. There was a noticeable change in their data up to 20 hours before the attack, and around four hours before the first strike, the random generators seriously just stopped producing random numbers. It was completely structured. They, like, they saw it happen. They had no idea what was happening, really, and then... And then the terrorist attack took place. Um, This kind of precognition has been found before large land-based earthquakes, but not for ocean-based ones. So only the ones Mm. that affect people. Okay. And, you know, as we all know, animals are known to perceive quakes before humans do. You know, but how did they do it? I don't know. Uh, But the GCP acknowledges that the network could easily be picking up on the consciousness of animals as well as humans. So all the animals that are sensing these natural disasters happening. Right. So basically, there's there's kind of proof that there's some sort of global consciousness. Almost there's, is that yeah, we are all absolutely. part of the same machine, almost. Yeah. Like, we all... Um, so the random number generators have shown structures before hundreds of events, including Robin Williams' death, an earthquake in Haiti, uh, the Moscow subway bombings, the terror attacks in Paris, the killing of bin Laden, and the Boston bombings as well. Mm. So before all these major events happen, mm-hmm. all these random numbers just start being structured. Structuring. Can I share something real quick before we move on to? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Please, yeah. So well, for, the, you what, have the floor. <laughs> two points. One, um, there's two. There's precognition and premonition. So precognition mm-hmm. is the uh, foreknowledge of an event. Yeah. Right in a dreamy state. The uh, premonition is a strong feeling. It can't be connected to an event because nobody knows, but sure. it's a strong right. feeling. So I'm sure those two things are happening. But to go back, because when you mentioned um, Robin Williams' death, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I have it written in my journal, even marked it off with this little uh, pink, little uh, <laughs> marky thing you can't Adorable. see. Um, I dreamt Paul Walker's death, and I didn't know it was Paul Walker. But what ended up happening in the dream, and I'll give you this sort of the abridged version, is in the dream, I was at a hospital visiting um, an ex-boyfriend's mom. And I was like, and it, in the dream, there were two people that died in a car crash. And I was paying my condolences to her. And I was just, I assumed it was my ex-boyfriend and somebody else. Because why was I saying that to his mom? So they had died and um, it was instant and it was a fire. 
And, uh, and then that's all I knew. And then in the dream, I was seeing, um, like, a news feed, like almost like you see on Facebook, but it was like a news article and the headline said dead at 40. That's exactly what it said. So I, I wrote it down. I kept, and, and then another thing that I, I read was research as they, uh, they asked people, well, how do you know the difference between deja uh, rev and, and, um, uh, precognition right and a lot of they ask psychics i'm not claiming to be a psychic <laughs> something that i did but um is that you can really just tell the difference by this feeling so whenever i have one of these kind of like premonition type dreams um it's just a strong haunting feeling that's like i have to write this down this is something you just know yeah. so i wrote it down and that day i think it was like a, september 30th i mean no uh november 30th around that time um i was out at a bar in new york city and at the time I was living there and I was going through and I just see on Facebook dead at 40 and it was a news, a newspaper article that had been posted on Facebook. And then I was like, and then I saw that he died in a car crash um, yeah. and, and it was instant and there was a fire and I was like, Oh my God, I dreamt this because I saw the exact headline, headline yeah. and, the the news before, feed and, and the news feed. So when that happened, I just go, what the heck was that for? I was like, is that to just tell me like, hey, you can do that, oh, by the yeah. way. You, you can just know to reveal things. to you that you had It's that. so weird, yeah. yeah. Well, I won't tell the whole story because it's super long. Uh, and I'll save it for our actual like dream episode. But I've mm. told you this story before. I, I actually dreamt before of something that did happen mm-hmm. in very gruesome detail. Like to the point where I actually, when I woke up, I was immediately crying. I threw up. I was like fetal position on the bathroom floor my boyfriend at the time was like he thought I got a phone call that said like my family member died oh. because I was inconsolable um and I basically dreamt about a young girl who was murdered and I dreamt that I basically saw it all happen and it was so real mm-hmm. it did happen but it happened like six or seven months prior like I ended up but researching, researching, yeah. researching because I didn't know about it. I had no idea this happened in Colorado. Like there was no mm-hmm. reason for me to know about it. I was just researching because I just knew it was going to happen. So I was like, go. I was googling like girl found, uh, you know, mutilated girl found, like twelve year old, thirteen year, because I didn't know exactly how old she was. I just right. knew like what she looked like, and her picture popped up, and because I just thought I would find like young girl missing and I could be able to like call and be like hey you need to check the ditches uh you know what I mean like I just assumed like it hadn't happened yet but I found it they were already like setting up for the trial Mm -hmm. it happened so it was like why yeah it's that same sensation of like why did I need to know about this why was this put into my mind yeah because I know that I've spoken to you about this before you've told me about dreams that you've had that actually happened that you prevented I think it was like a car crash oh it was the spider in the car yeah oh that one is so weird (laughs) and I love that story and so you might have like (laughs) I feel cheesy send it a gift or something like that because I've had this since I was a kid too and there are some dreams where it's just confirmation that you have in other dreams Mm -hmm. where it was foretelling where I was like this happened before or I would reach out to some reason I dream when people are pregnant and I'll reach out to a person and they'll say yeah I am pregnant I'm like a week pregnant and I'm like I don't know but maybe it's confirmation that it'll come to term so don't be scared like you know because it's always there for for helping yeah in some way sure yeah but I agree how could I have helped in that situation right and but that was another way of just like revealing like hey you have this gift maybe from now on like I really should start like writing them down because the other night I had a horrifying horrifying dream 
that this woman was playing in the street with her little girl and I knew the street and there was a curve in the road and I knew for some reason that people drive very fast down the road. There was like puddles in the street. So I tried to tell the mom, hey, you shouldn't play on this street because people drive really fast. And she was like, the speed limit's like 20. I was like, yeah, but the people drive really fast down this street. And sure enough, the little girl got hit got yeah. hit in my dream and died. this happened recently yeah this was like dream? two nights ago mm. and now i'm just like waiting for this like Horrific small girl accident. hit in street you know what i mean yeah. and it's like oh, but there's no i mean yeah. i knew the street no in my dream but i don't know like where the street is in the world sure. like yeah. but that's yeah, another hard. one where it's like that could come true that could not it just felt it was one of those things where i was like you had the this feeling is, these are actual people you know that yeah this yeah. is an actual street who are they? Because, uh, you know, they always say, like, in your dreams, you never dream of someone you haven't met before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never have a dream of someone that you've never seen. Your brain can't, like, make up a person. You can only dream of things that you've seen before. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's like, I have not seen them. Yeah. I don't know who, who they are. Who is this yeah. woman? I don't know this person. Um, Mandela Effect. Yes. Well, wait, really quick. Before oh. we move on from Deja Vu, just one more thing. Oh, yes, there please. was a man, a 23-year-old British man who experienced chronic Deja Vu for eight years. Yes, I so I just, I, yeah, I just wanted to touch on him super yeah, briefly. I just have like a couple notes on him, but I just thought it was a crazy thing. Um, everything that happens to him, he feels like he has encountered before, and then he will feel the experience of the Deja Vu right after. So he's like, Deja Vu, followed by another Deja Vu of the Deja Vu, and just keeps that going like into a, a whole nightmare. nightmare. He said it's awful. It, like, raises his heart rate. It raises his blood pressure. Like, he goes into a full anxiety tailspin because he just keeps experiencing Deja Vu. That's like those people that get the hiccups for 12 years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you just, you're in hell. So he avoids TV, radio, newspapers. He can't look at anything because he feels like he has encountered everything before and it drives him crazy. He compared it to feeling like he is constantly in the movie Donnie Darko, which yeah. is a total glitch in the Matrix movie. Ashley and I were talking about it for like an hour earlier. Love that he brought that up. Um, <laughs> brain scans appeared normal when he I went to the doctor. Say, they... So they believe it's psychological mm-hmm. rather than neurological. And he has always struggled from depression and anxiety. So now there are scientists who he was kind of the first example that came to them. But now scientists are constantly Trying studying, sh- like, does depression study. and anxiety trigger this? Yeah. Is it something that like is you overwhelm and yourself? Is that actually, is it all neurological? Right. Yeah. Is it psychological too? You know, because it, it's psychological, is it connected to Exactly. Can it trigger these things? that we haven't figured out yet. Right. So it was kind of an interesting experience that it happened to this guy because it wasn't like they came into it saying, well, we have no idea why this is happening. They're thinking, okay, maybe the anxiety is triggering it. But the funny thing is his anxiety is 10 times worse because of this. But, um... Doctors believe the condition could be caused by high anxiety. They're still studying it, but there's definitely something misfiring in his brain and he can't turn it off now because of the stress. And he is even further in distress, like I said, because of the deja vu. He experienced it for eight years and it finally went away. No explanation as to why. One day it started. Um, And once his article got published about this, more people have started to come forward from places in America to Australia to all over the world. Um, and scientists believe it's an area that leads a not a, that needs a lot more study. But then there are also scientists that come forward and say this is paranormal and we don't need to study it. It's something that should right. remain unexplained. Well, that's just it. with people that have deja vu very frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the sort of paranormal religious views on it are that those people are because, for example, there's a theory about the alternate alternate time deja vu and reincarnation yeah Mm -hmm. about when you die 
you don't necessarily live another life as in like today you're going to be Lauren and right. then the next life you're going to be a small man in China. Like no, right. like reliving multiple lives, you actually start your life over. Yeah. And you, you actually do it again. start fresh. But you have sort of that There knowledge. might be a random memory that slips in. Yeah, or you have sort of that yeah. knowledge of what you did in your past life. Right. And it's sort of that's what, you know, Buddhists mean when like you want to reach your best self. Mm-hmm. So people that get deja vu really often, it's almost as if they're an older soul. It's like a spiritual who's experience. Done it so many times right that now they're like i remember this i remember this i remember this and people they're like i've never had deja vu it's like they're kind of oh, you're still in your first, on their life. first life yeah or or they don't make an or or they maybe the older souls actually have deja vu less because they are born with more experience so they do so many different things Right. Yeah. But the newer souls continue to go on the same path. This, or, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, it's interesting. No, I love that. That's kind of the argument. That was like the end of my statement. It was just that some scientists are like, let's study this. It's clearly some neurons in the brain. Like, we need to go over this. And other scientists are like, no, this is not our area. This is it's a spiritual, paranormal, yeah. Leave it alone. like crazy thing. And then one person made the example, like, when someone explains a rainbow to you, the magic is ruined. So <laughs> let's not figure out what deja vu means because let's leave this beautiful mystery. Yeah, what it is. I love way. that. Yeah, I thought that was good. So yeah. Anyway, little tidbit on love it. love it. Okay, guys, the Mandela effect. Woo! It's something go. that blows my mind. So the Mandela effect is when you have a clear memory of something that never happened in this reality. That's an important thing to say because there could be alternate realities, and so in this reality, in this life that we know, there you have a clear memory of something that never happened. That's one part of it. And then the even crazier fact is it's a collective misremembering. It's like millions of people. So not only do you have a false memory, you then come to find out that millions of other people have this false memory as well. So it's a collective misremembering of something that's never happened in this world that we all live in and know. Mm. So... There are lots of people that try to disprove this when something goes misremembered. They say, um, we are all just remembering facts the wrong way and our mind is taking random pieces of information and piecing them together. Um, Either you saw like one piece of someone's life happen and then you just automatically associated them with something else. Your mind is just kind of filling in the gaps and it's this totally explained thing of like, no, it's not a weird phenomenon. You're just, you're really piecing weird things together and then someone else hears you say this And they associate it with their brain remembering the wrong thing, but really they're just taking the lead of you. And so, yeah, people try to explain it as like, we're seeing things online or in articles and then we claim we're misremembering them because this person got into our brain. Right. And they are just piecing together facts incorrectly. And why do they call it the Mandela effect? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to get into that. So Fiona Broom coined the term in 2010 and created a whole website on it because it turned out numerous people across the world claimed that Nelson Mandela died in a South African prison in the 1980s, when in reality he died in 2013, like 33 years later. People like remember People remember seeing the funeral on the news. They remember it happening. They say, for a fact, I saw his funeral back in the 1980s. I know Nelson and Mandela died before 2013. So Fiona Broom, who is this woman that just loves all things paranormal and just unexplained alternate reality, she's all about it. So she created this website and started with the Nelson Mandela story and was like, hey, 
here's this website, let's start the discussion. I bet there's more things like this that started happening. And so then there's just been comment board after comment board of people chiming in of, did you remember this? Because I remember it this way. And it turns out so many of these things happen all the time. And scientists will get on the message boards of her website and spout out facts like, no, you're you're all misremembering this and you're getting in each other's heads, blah, blah, blah. But the people who are totally Fiona's followers and on board with her are saying that we are slipping in and out of alternate realities. And there's chunks of us who are slipping into the reality together and all remembering this same thing that happened. But then there's other parts of the world that are saying, no, Nelson Mandela only died in 2013. Y'all is crazy. And this didn't happen because they didn't, for yeah. whatever reason, slip into that reality. Well, like we one did. of the alternate th- timeline theories is that at some point uh, in, so for example, say there's timeline A, timeline B. Timeline A, Nelson Mandela died in 1980. Mm-hmm. Timeline B, Nelson Mandela died in 2013 Mm -hmm. something tragic happened on timeline a where he died in 1980 right something happened where a lot of people died maybe there's a plague maybe there's a natural disaster Mm -hmm. their consciousness went into their timeline b bodies they Mm -hmm. rebooted into timeline b where he died in 2013 but they have those memories from right. t- from timeline A of where he died. They watched his funeral. He died mm-hmm. in prison. I remember it. I remember it. Totally. But now, for whatever reason, something big happened where there was like a mass shift into another timeline. Yeah. But those people still have the memory. They have that memory and it hasn't left because their consciousness was able to slip into that. And that's what's fascinating about it. And another weird thing, Fiona Broom, who created this Mandela Effect website, had to turn off the commenting option on the website just last year in 2016 when people in the science field were starting to comment and say, like, you guys need to stop these conversations. They're concerning and dangerous. They're interfering with the progress of studies we already have going on. And then she was starting to get hackers shortly after that. And so that creeps me out because I think it's the government interfering and being like, oh, you're catching on to like our simulation that we have you all on i think they are i think the government is involved in everything i didn't go into depth when i was researching deja vu they had a link to like the study that was done i mean and it was a lot of science driving uh-huh. so i was like yeah. what but i did see a line talking about like the government was participating in some sort of like overall investigation or like experience yeah. on deja vu i totally. think they there's a whole division. That's what I'm yeah, saying. I think there's division. a whole area <laughs> of it. And they're kind of like, hey, back off. We're doing stuff. Here come men Yes, with the steps. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, scientists, the technical term they would call it is confabulation. That is when there is a glitch in your memory. It's not actually the matrix. It's just your mind filling uh, in gaps with false memories. Sure. So that's what they are trying to prove. I'm totally on Fiona's page. Um, I think we can have this collective misremembering because we're slipping in and out of these things. Um, and then I want to give a couple examples because some of these are nuts and maybe you'll relate to them. Yes. So the first one is, <laughs> and I don't know if you guys will be on board with this. I related to this hardcore and like got in a fight with my husband because I was going insane. So there is not a movie called Shazam that stars Sinbad being a genie. There is a movie called Kazam with Shaq, but me and like a hundred thousand other people all remember and I 
will state this till the day I die. I know. I saw a movie when I was little where Sinbad played a genie and it was called Shazam. It doesn't exist. You can't find it anywhere. It's not a it's real not movie. Real. I never saw Shaq in a movie. That's not real. I saw Sinbad 100% in a movie and where he played a genie. when you think about it, what, when did that come? The 90s? The 90s. 80s? Early 90s. 90s. Early 90s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Late 80s? Mm-hmm. Early 90s. Had to be yeah. early 90s. Okay, so you're a casting director in the early 90s, and you're making a movie about a genie and a kid. And you have an idea in mind. You know that you want a big, lovable African-American to mm-hmm. play this genie. Yeah. Sinbad. Who are you going to call? It's a very logical Sinbad. choice. Shaq is a pretty logical choice. They had, you know, Space Jam was a thing. Yeah, so Michael we, Jordan. we got some Michael, Jor- Michael Jordan action. Sure. Shaq is a... So the, the idea that, like, Sinbad would do that movie instead and they would call it Shazam instead of Kazam for mm-hmm. Shaq is not crazy. Right. That absolutely could have... It takes one person in the casting room to be like, uh, I think we should do, you know, Shaquille O'Neal's hot right now. I think Great, we should do Shaquille do O'Neal. Guy. And we'll call it, you know, Kazam. Kazam. The K- so, like, that 100% could have happened. I know. Oh, it's just line. nuts to me because I, and that could I be the remember timeline. That Sinbad could be, being a genie. That could be the major decision that Wait, I just made. looked this up. <laughs> There's an article, it says here, I'm just reading the snippet, it says, While many people claim to clearly recall comedian Sinbad playing a genie in a movie called Shazam, those memories appear to be yet another example of the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you look that? Was that on the same site? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This well, is, I'm like, sure. well-known. Yeah, Mandela effect this is a very Shazam. well-known thing. And the it's Shazam... Well-known from, uh, within the past, like, Yeah, it's still months. a newer There's thing, but now stuff. we are all oh, yeah. collectively misremembering. What's so Shazam, um, also Sex in the City, which this one to me is bullshit, because I've always known it was called Sex in the City, but there is a huge group of people. It's like, it was for sure Sex in the City when it was first released on HBO in the city. Yes, but it's Sex but and... But it's Sex oh, yeah. and the City. But to me, yeah. I didn't agree with that one because I said I've I thought always it was known Sex in the City but I also didn't watch the show so okay so there know. you go but yeah so many people like it's not just oh I misheard it they say no 100% when the show was released it was Sex in the City there was never an and but I'm like okay well I don't agree with you on that one but there you go <laughs> um a lot of people remember the Monopoly man on the game Monopoly having a monocle and he in fact does not but people will swear on he their did. life right see people swear did. on their he life he has did. a monocle he's never supposedly. had a monocle well supposedly Exactly. Well, uh, maybe they think that because of Ace Ventura 2, where he slings that band around and he's like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And he has a monocle. That's the thing. You can try to explain some of the Mandela effect by saying, well, you saw this example and that popped into your mind instead. But there are some people that are like, absolutely not. He 100% had a monocle. For example, um, do you have the... Oh, where is it in my head? Oh, Luke, I am your father. Yes, that was my next example. The line is, no, I am your father. It has never been been Luke, Luke? I am your father. But the world quotes Star Wars as saying Luke, I am your father. Think of Tommy Boy. That's the line from Tommy Boy. There you go. People are just misquoting. They're misquoting their movies. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's where it came from. Yeah, some of these can be explained by saying maybe you heard it in another movie. But the crazy thing is that like most, I would say 90% of people quote Star Wars by saying Luke, I am your father. Yeah. And it's just nuts to be like a huge Star Wars fan and then say, oh wait, that's not the line? I've been this saying that wrong my whole life. Silence of the Lambs. Oh yeah, hello um, Clarice. Hello Clarice is never said in Silence yeah. of the Lambs. He doesn't it, say it. it. Just, it's just good, good morning. 
Good morning. He yeah, does he even say Clarice? He say no, Clarice. he might he just say good morning. Hello, Clarice. Yeah. But there girl. is another movie. What is it? Oh, The Cable Guy. Where, where he is says, it? Hello, hello Clarice. Clarice. Guys, yeah, it's yeah, basically Jim Carrey is ruining our life. Yeah, Jim. Oh Whoa. Jim. If Whoa. Jim Carrey is the artifact. Oh, is he made of metal? He could be the artifact. Go on. Anyway. <laughs> That's a Donnie Darko comment. Here's another one. Like I said, I disagree with some of these. Um, obviously, the Shazam one blew my mind. But Bernstein Bears was a beloved children's book and also became a TV show in the 1980s. And then there was a reboot in 2003. And it is, I've been pronouncing it Bernstein. Both of the TV shows pronounce it Bernstein. So I have always spelled it and believed the book said it was spelled B-E-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. Bernstein. E-I-N. But it is, in fact, on every book that you can find today, spelled Bernstein. S-T-A-I-N at the end. But if you watch the theme songs, both in the 80s show and the 2000s show, when it came back out in 2003, they're singing like, Bernstein Bears, yeah, the Bernstein Bears. So you think like, (laughs) A, why are they pronouncing that way? Why did my mom always pronounce it Bernstein when she read it to me? Why did I read out loud Bernstein when I read it? If I had seen it spelled with an A, Bernstein feel like I would have been smart enough to say Bernstein yeah, or at least like put a little more of right. an A sound and I like I've always said Bernstein everyone I talked to has said Bernstein so that one like really threw me for a loop when I saw that it has always I had know. an A in it before you came over earlier we listened to all the theme songs and, and I was like, like Ashley they're saying it's Steen it's Steen <laughs> yeah so but that was crazy oh, did, <laughs> I actually read an article about the Mandela effect, and that was one of the big ones on there because everyone remembers Berenstein Bears. Right, everyone. So in the article, it ends with this guy saying, "Like I wrote the publisher of Berenstein Bears." <laughs> Why did you change? To this? say, has it always been? Swear to me, right? And I got an email back that said, "You know, we're sorry, we have too many requests." So email back at another time, and he's like. They're on to me. Oh, they're on to me. They're on to me. Oh, oh and this was another one. Um, I don't really know. I can't really relate to this one, but um, in the movie Snow White, or is it Snow White? Where's Snow Mirror, White. Mirror Mirror on the Wall? Yeah, yeah, it's all it's Magic Mirror on the Wall. It's never been Mirror Mirror on the Wall, but like there was a pop song that came out on Disney Channel in like the late nineties or two. Mirror, mirror, hanging on the wall. Like, why do we write songs? Why do we all misquote that movie? How has it always been Magic Mirror on the wall? But then I also think I've only seen Snow White maybe two or three times in my life. So I was just sort of going off of the rest of the world on my basis for that quote. But like, what? Yeah, It's always just been Magic Mirror on the wall. Who started Mirror Mirror? So just a couple of things where lots of people are misremembering And you can obviously explain some of them and say, well, it could have been you were quoting this Jim Carrey movie or you're just piecing together some wrong facts. But there are a lot of people out there that think we're slipping in and out of alternate realities. The Nelson Mandela one and the Shaq Sinbad one. Those are the two that have the Internet in a frame. I just looked it up. I couldn't stop finding things on it. Oh, yeah. Those are the two mind blowing ones. There's actually an America's Next Top Model uh, season. I'm embarrassed. Do you remember? Oh. No, go ahead and And they go to the prison where Nelson Mandela was held for the amount of time that he was held. And this is way before the Mandela effect was like a thing. Mm -hmm. And it was like season two or three. Uh, And it just popped in my head because of what we were talking about. But um, they go to the prison and the girl that won the challenge got to actually go in, unlock it with her own hands and go into, like, she got to be the one to do all this stuff Mm -hmm. that was like, 
some of the other girls were like, oh my God, you're so lucky. And then that girl was like, is is he still alive? Didn't he die? And like all the girls were like, you don't fucking know if Nelson Mandela is alive or dead and you just got to do this like amazing thing. But that makes me think what if she was one of the people that remembers him dying in the 80s Mm -hmm. while he was in prison. I doubt it though. She just seemed like she didn't. She just kind of seemed. Yeah, she might have not known what was going on. Two of my (laughs) friends both thought Meatloaf was dead when he is in fact not and still putting on concerts. I know. I forget why we were talking about it. I think someone was like, oh, my uncle's going to see Meatloaf. And two of my friends at the exact same time were like, didn't he die? And then looked at each other like, holy shit, why do we both think Meatloaf is dead? And the friend who had just mentioned her uncle's like, no, as I said, Uncle is going to see Meatloaf. Is not going to look <laughs> at a hologram. Yeah, it's I, not a hologram. I have a Mandela effect story. Well, it doesn't count though because it wasn't mass. It was just me. But I, I think people are now. When I looked it up, so it people are calling Mandela be, effect any false okay. remembrance. Well, so I think it fits under that. But it's usually an alternate timeline sure. story. This you happened could pair to it me. Under different things. This happened to me like. Two weeks ago. This is, like, brand new. All your stuff is so recent. Yeah. I'm so jolly. You're getting weirder with age. I am. Well, my mom says it's... We'll talk about it. Uh, My mom (laughs) says... She's right. She's not aging. Because (laughs) we started this podcast, and now, like, weird stuff is starting to, like, accelerate. Uh I don't know if I'm paying more attention to it or what. But this is, like, this actually happened. So, I... We had put out an episode or something... And I'm going to call her, hmm, what should I call her? I'll call her Jamie because that's her name. Um, so, but I just want to use last names. So Jamie, uh, my old babysitter, liked the Keep It Weird page. Okay. And I was like kind of warmed by that. Like yeah. she babysat me when I was a little kid and I was like, oh my God. And I clicked on her profile. I added her as a friend. I was just kind of, like, snooping for a second to be like, where is she? What is she doing? She has, like, four kids now. Uh, she's still married to the guy that used to, that was her boyfriend when I was, like, four and five and oh, six wow. years old. And uh, and um, I remembered his face. I remembered his name was Lee. And I was like, this is great. I remember, I even told Joe, I was like, my old babysitter just liked this. And it's so sweet. And I was like, she's still dating the guy that she, she's married to the guy that she dated when I was so young. Like, this is so wonderful. They've been together for blah, blah, blah. So fast forward later that day, I texted my mom because I have a very vivid memory of Jamie and Lee finding me in a game of hide and seek and I'm in the closet with another girl who's my age so it's not my little sister it's someone who's my age and I said to my mom I texted her and I said hey who did Jamie uh used to babysit me with when I was little and she was like I don't know who that is and I was like Jamie Jamie yeah (laughs) she used to babysit me and my mom was like I no, no, she didn't. I was like, she absolutely did. Like, she liked my thing today, and, like, I remember her. I remember her boyfriend, or her husband. His name's Lee. And the thing is, is on her page, I hadn't even seen his name. I just know you him. Remember I remember name. him. I remember that his name was Lee. And so my mom calls me, and she's like, you gotta stop doing this podcast, because you're going crazy. And I was like, they babysat me. Could you ask her? Like, hey, do you remember babysitting? Well, my mom was like, no, your babysitter was Miss Mandy. So I looked up Miss Mandy. She was my babysitter. Huh. She's distant cousins with this... Jamie person? Jamie person. Huh. 
my mom didn't meet Jamie and she's never met her husband. My mom didn't meet Jamie until Jamie worked with my sister a couple of years ago as like an adult woman with kids. That's the first time she met her. But I have vivid memories of this oh, woman and her boyfriend huh. babysitting Whoa. me. They never watched me. Did you, you ask? Did you reach out and ask? No, I mean Jamie. Jamie asked because uh, I was like, "Did she ever say like mention me like that she remembered me?" And she was like, "She was like, no." I mean, when I met her, she she didn't know anyone in our family. Like I introduced her to mom and dad. Weird. They never oh babysat gosh. me. But I have memories now, after looking at Miss Mandy, now I remember her babysitting me. Yeah. Like, you can see that that is fact, and that definitely happened, but you also have a memory of Jamie and Lee. But Jamie and Lee absolutely, in some timeline, babysat me when I was a kid with another girl. And it never happened. Interesting. That is so cool. Yeah, I think that counts as Mandela effect or just yeah alternate reality timeline all over the damn place. Yeah, the thing is, is like if it was if it was like not a real person, if I didn't absolutely remember, and I remember like hearing her name growing up. It wasn't even just like her face. Like I remember her name. I remember solid memories. Yeah, because when I saw her like my page, it was immediately like that's my old babysitter. Yeah, you connected. I can't believe how'd she find me. What? Was not my old babysitter. Never met her in my life, apparently. Very crazy. This may not be part of this, but this has just reminded me of mem- remembering. So I have a niece. She's like four years old. Steven's uh, sister's daughter. Uh-huh. And then my New York just came Duana. 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 Oh my God. She's so good looking. She's got red hair and pigtails. No, but anyway, she does have red hair. But um, her name is Bailey. And so one day she told her mom, she's like, Mommy, I remember being born. And she's like, Bailey, don't be silly. Like, you don't remember being born. Right. She's like, no, no, no. I remember it. It was, um, she said there was a bright light and she calls her, um, her grandfather Hacky. So she's like, Hacky was there and Gaga and, um, and it smelled like cheese. And she was like, what? And she's like, and then I saw the bright light and it was cold. And so the cheese is the, I don't know what the term for it is, but it's the whatever things that come out of you. Oh, the, um, what's it called? It's not the sack or the placenta. placenta. She called it something else, but I guess okay. it's, it's a... Something else that comes out of you. A residue or a thing that comes out of you oh, while you're having a baby. And, and, and oh, it smells God. like cheese. It supposedly smells like cheese. But to have this little girl remember being born, uh-huh. yeah. like, that's a crazy memory. So I wonder if one day when she's older, she'll have a small recollection of it or what. But that Right. Really I wonder if that'll stick with her. That's cool. That is so cool. Our minds are crazy places. Or... We're just living in a video game. Oh well, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> right? thinking about, you know, and, and that's what I had brought up earlier. Like, do you think that uh, belief in God or religion, you know, is a slap in the face to stuff like this? And I, I don't. I don't I think don't that this is a slap in the face. Yeah. I don't think. I think and, they can both exist. Mm-hmm. Like right. alternate realities. But it's the same as like, I, I was talking to, I actually have some uh feedback i believe listener feedbacks andrew had texted me um andrew mentioned a study done last year that our brains are basically a computer and deja vu events are due to the brain basically fact checking its memory system Hmm. Uh, and we perceive to have done something before when the brain is like this is familiar but i can't come up with any memories currently please check again later like it's literally like a computer that's like like, glitching your mind yeah Yeah. like going through its files and it can't find it it's sort of like a lag. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we need to catch up to ourselves. Totally. Um, but not only that, he also brought up uh, another computer-like thing our brain does. 
um, how it, it literally shuts down to save space when you're doing monotonous things. So, like, if you drive the same route to work every day, mm-hmm. there are some days where you all of a sudden are there, and you're like, I don't remember the drive to work. Right. right. That happens I've all the time. It's literally you're like your driving. brain yeah. it's just, like, just it's goes shut into, off. like, you autopilot. know, autopilot, yeah. so it can store more memories for you. Like a computer would. Yeah. Um, but not only that, remember in episode six, we talked about Bloody Mary. We talked about if you look at something for too long. Mm-hmm. It starts to change. It starts, your brain will start to literally change the image. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it can't, and computers, they can't take the same Right. You're looking at this thing too way long. too long. It will Glitch corrupt. Out. Yeah. It will. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's computer-like as well. We're just glitching. Um, or like how if you look at a word for too long, it'll seem wrong. Yeah. I have, actually, like, when I was doing research like, for this, yeah, I saw that. that. Yeah. There was something What's it called? that involved in deja vu where it was like words can change or uh-huh. look unfamiliar to there you all a, of a sudden. There was a study done where they had the, like 25 people write the word broom like mm. 200 times and, they started and by like, this the isn't end a like literally halfway through they were like that's not a word and they couldn't identify what a broom was wait there because, was something like, they can't... oh it's called deja entendu uh, listen I entendu? yeah deja entendu yeah she brought that up earlier already heard this is the sense of feeling sure you have heard something before like a snippet of a nope that's not it presque vu oh no yes oh wait there's like three different. Oh wait, jama. I don't know how to pronounce it. Like, jama vu. Jama vu. It means never seen something that should be familiar, but your mind is telling you you've never seen it, That's and that it. can happen if you see a word that you've known your whole life, and you all of a sudden think this isn't a word. I don't know this. Yeah, it sounds strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We no. said every word except I know. for I know. <laughs> oh, it's deja. Oh, it's remote. Oh, like deja. Is it? That's the one that all of a sudden you're like, what's broom? Okay, I'm done. Uh, we're out of time already. Uh, oh, we've been talking hella long, haven't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we have. So I much made fun. a beard out of my head. Well, that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Keep It Weird Cast and our Facebook page, Keep It Weird. Uh, keep an eye on our social media as well. We're always posting little bonus material for each episode as well as links to weird stuff, chances to win cool prizes, and our Flick of the Week every Tuesday where we give a movie recommendation usually relating to that week's episode topic. Uh, we need to thank Maria so, 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 so much. Thank you for yeah. having me. today. Yeah, Do you, you have anything awesome. to, uh, yeah, you were great. Oh, that no. was so, so much information. I did so much. I did so, so much information. I know. You were texting me last night like, girl, rabbit hole. I'm in it. I'm yeah. in it. Thanks for doing all your research. Oh, my God, girl. I love it. This is my favorite. I'm so well, we could talk about again. it for hours yeah, and hours. I, I we're, we're definitely going to have you on again. Thank There's you. There's so many topics to cover. Also, I mean, we could just, you know, transition this into an entire episode on premonition and dreams and yeah dreams, dreams premonition Same going to multiverse like we have like eight episodes within this episode oh my god it's crazy uh do you have anything you want to plug oh my phone it's dying no <laughs> um oh my gosh no i don't know what what do we usually plug here? i don't know anything like, you have um, in your personal you life going on oh you can give like your your uh instagram or twitter oh handle. yeah yeah absolutely um you guys want to follow me on twitter uh i believe my twitter handle is cherry c-h-a-r-y 82 just the year of my birth so if you want to find out how old i am you can <laughs> um and then also you can follow me on instagram uh maria m-a-r-i-a underscore d-i-d-o 
Uh, you can follow me on those two media she platforms. Because Dido, the performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, last, my last name is so long. My, I go by my maiden name professionally, so it's like Maria Di Domenico, and it's just too long. Oh, God. I love the way you said that. Di Domenico. And, but my, my, my birth name, what is it? My married name is, is Lachioma, <laughs> so it's like a marriage. little harsh. But anyway, yeah, yeah so you can follow Facebook me there. Your Facebook name is like half a page of text. It's so much. <laughs> it's so, so much. So anyway, follow me on there. You can keep up on everything that I'm doing on yeah. those two platforms and uh maria's husband is actually handsome joe from episode two my boyfriend Mm -hmm. his podcast co-host for the weekly sports report yeah yeah you guys should really listen to even if you're not a sports fan they are super funny super charming everything they talk about everything anyone Um, i've listened to a few sports heavy episodes where i'm like i don't know what they're saying this last one was about women incredible feminism yeah Yeah, that was great check it out um, check it out they're on iTunes too um and then oh well next week join us next week we're gonna have our listener ghost stories episode Yay. part two Ooh, so part submit two. submit yeah, submit submit your story we still we have so we have like a notebook full but yeah. I want them all we're trying we're gonna to continue to do these oh we're all doing the time. every time every five or so episodes we've yeah. got listener ghost stories uh, it's usually just me and Lauren, and we just uh, give you a bunch of shout-outs. ghosty and stuff. <laughs> um, we got a lot of great spooky ghost tales. Um, there's um, something really important that we haven't mentioned yet, that it's the day of Ashley's uh, birth today. Uh, By the time you guys hear this episode, it'll be Friday, so technically two days ago. But Wednesday, March 22nd, is the birthday. day of Ashley's birth. Do you remember coming out of the birth canal? <laughs> Did you smell cheese? I remember cheese. <laughs> I remember yes, there being a block of cheddar. It was good. No, I only remember the babysitter I apparently <sighs> never fucking had. Wow. So weird. Which is bonkers. Uh, Maria, what's our sign-off this week? What's our sign-off? Yeah, you have to make up a sign. Oh, okay. So what? Ha- give me an example. No, no, you have to no. do. That's the fun of it. Whatever you have to just sign go up the fly. you want. All Whatever right. Whatever comes to your head. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, figure it out, and we're none. <laughs> is that a sign out? No. Okay, well, what is it? Those aren't even words. <laughs> I don't. Guys, I have an abstract mind. You do not give me. Were you about to call us nuns? <laughs> no, I said we're done, and I was like, none. Give me a parameter. No. Signing out. Whatever you just said. Steen bears, yeah, the bear steen bears. <laughs> Ashley, they're saying it's steen. steen. <laughs> it's steen. <laughs> you blew my mind, man. You blew my mind. <laughs>